Hello. How are you? Pretty good. Great. How are you doing? Good. It's warm outside, which is why I'm wearing a tank top right now. <laughs> it is warm outside. Yes, you pulled I think some it's in weeds. The, it's like 70 maybe. I don't know. I didn't check. Uh, Mid-60s. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's supposed to it be 70, warmer. I think, on Wednesday. Nice. Here, yeah. Mm. So we open the windows, shut off the heat. Hopefully yeah. that'll be the last time we ever run the heat. Yeah, hopefully. I don't we'll even see. know if it necessarily ran. I think I heard it uh, like really early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely exciting. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's President's Day. We're doing a recording in advance because next Sunday is Community Day. So we don't want to record on Sunday and you are gone for most oh of the gosh. week. So. Yeah, that would be an exhausting day. Yeah, we're finding a nice <laughs> balance here and we're just going to do this chapter as well but yeah so we both had the day off though we've both done a little bit of work but i also took a nice half hour nap it was fantastic <laughs> and what else is going on uh i don't know are Since... you looking forward to going to texas yeah i yeah. you asked me about the weather and i was like oh yeah i have I, not started planning that i mean i have to it. check into the flight tomorrow but i haven't started thinking about sure that it's a relatively short trip but yeah uh yeah it'll be uh i don't know the last time i saw my family <laughs> probably a like a, almost a year maybe or a mm -hmm. little less than that maybe because in tucson yeah was it was the summer yeah 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 so yeah mayish june i don't know mm -hmm. before we moved mm -hmm. yeah i mean we're going we're moving along pretty good here we're like over six months living here yeah. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. Winston has totally settled in. Yeah, he loves Winston. his house now. Yeah, He's he just... <laughs> at first, he was, you know, he had a couple of accidents and he stuff. Did. He was getting used to he it. So we had to retrain him. Mm -hmm. And the way, like, our doggy door works here is a little bit different. And we weren't totally sure about, like, him near water. What the Would pool. he be okay? Yeah. Yeah, but, but we're getting he's there. He's fine. You're, you're doing great, Yeah, he's doing puppy. really good. I mean, he hasn't had an accident in probably over a month yeah. at least. Yeah. Good puppy. Yeah, he's a good boy. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Okay, well, let's have, do it. I, have lots, I figured we had less to talk about anyway because we did it yesterday. So, Juan's ready. All right. Turn to page 86, Gilderoy Lockhart. Today's lesson is called PR. <laughs> <laughs> the chapter begins with the first day of classes and on a sour note. At breakfast, Ron receives a howler from his mother, which chastises him in front of the whole school. Before herbology, Lockhart pulls Harry aside and warns him against too much ego and attention-grabbing, which Lockhart believes underlies the Whomping Willow incident. In herbology, the class, the second years learn to replant baby mandrakes and avoid their dangerous crying. In transfiguration, Harry has regressed to being unable to successfully change a beetle into a button. Before defense against the dark arts, Harry deals with Colin Creevy, a first year, wanting his photograph and Lockhart believing he is witnessing more attention-seeking behavior <laughs> from Harry. In class, Lockhart gives them a pop quiz about himself, which Hermione aces. He then releases an unruly band of pixies on the class as a hands-on experience. Hermione defends his lesson weakly, as Ron suggests Lockhart exaggerated or lied in his books. Mm-hmm. Gilderoy Lockhart is up there with this in my notes, is up there with Lucius Malfoy as one of my least favorite characters in the wizarding world. Yeah. I cannot with him. Yes. My goodness. And Umbridge. Yeah. Yeah. 
just horrible humans. Yeah, yeah. In different ways, but... Yeah, very different ways. It's kind of shows, again, the the breadth with which J.K. Rowling can Mm -hmm. write characters that we like and dislike, Mm -hmm. and that they are significantly different from each other Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, one of the things that I wrote was... um, Okay, so... Lockhart is so self-absorbed and Mm -hmm. just he doesn't listen or pay attention. You may have encountered a human that's like Lockhart. I know I have at least not not at the the Mm -hmm. extreme level, but like to some extent where, you know, like the person isn't listening to you. They're more obsessed with status or titles or bragging, talking highly about themselves as if it's like some game of Mm -hmm. like one upsmanship. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I... Sure, academia, you know. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Uh, But I do think that it is interesting. I was thinking about this as I was reading. It's interesting to read... This is in general, but to read characters through a perspective Mm -hmm. um, and have characters who are similar to you as like normal and characters who are different than you that are kind of like other Uh, Because I was thinking about The Office, for example. Mm -hmm. So, like, Jim and Pam are kind of in the series positioned as, like, normal or like us, like the viewers, because they always look to the camera like, can you imagine or can you see and believe this ridiculous situation that's happening? And I felt very similarly as I was reading this chapter with Lockhart and then Harry just kind of being like, what is happening right right now? Yeah, you know, Lockhart will be interesting to track because like Umbridge and like some of the other characters that we dislike, they have some significant baggage. Mm -hmm. And their choice to not really... Yeah, I don't know. Lockhart is really interesting to me. How he became who he is Mm -hmm. will be really kind of fascinating. But he is also good at it. I mean, he's good Mm -hmm. at the PR. Like... Yes, it's students. For example, that picture at Flourish and Blatt was on the front page, I think he says, yeah. right? Is uh-huh. that true? You smiled? No, I was just uh, laughing to myself or smiling to myself because I was thinking about um, social media and sure. influencers, sure. Digital, digital media, and like as someone who curates content. I produce content, but I also curate it Mm -hmm. to convey what the Wizard PhD brand is. And so like the thought process is like very complicated. And like I've myself confronted like a lot of conflict in uh, trying to portray that aspect of myself as authentically as possible, existing within platforms and systems that um, there are algorithms there are ways to get attention attention is monetized like all of this like complicated especially these like ethical questions of like what is it that I'm doing with my life so like that's why I smiled because I was thinking about that of like yeah you can be really good at it but then like I mean what happens like is Mm -hmm. like what happens to you as a person like at what point does this man believe that he is Gilderoy Lockhart in the way that this exists rather than like who are you really like that's kind of always the question that I have with Lockhart is 
behind this facade, behind this presentation of who Gilderoy Lockhart is. It's a little like similar to this. It, it's great that it, it's a lot of parallels with him and Harry or interactions with him and Harry because Harry does have this like projected self that we've talked about before mm -hmm. of like this other Harry Potter, but he doesn't want that. He doesn't embrace that. He doesn't lean into it where he's playing it up. Yeah, <laughs> except in the movie. That's, in the movie. that's a funny line. But it's really interesting to have those two, especially because Gilderoy Lockhart is a grown man and Harry's like yeah. a 12 year old kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun to me to juxtapose like Lockhart like you're saying, just kind of steamrolling over Harry mm. as opposed to like McGonagall and Dumbledore being like, explain yourself and listening mm. to the entirety of mm -hmm. the story. Yes. And truly like that actually the story itself was important. It, it wasn't any, I mean, Lockhart is so self-absorbed that he doesn't even care. It, yeah. It's in, it's irrelevant to him. Like, I do think it's a little interesting to me that Lockhart pulls Harry aside sometimes. It's not like he doesn't necessarily do everything publicly like he pulls, but yeah. that's like more of a protege or like the way he views. I don't know. It might even be like more sinister of like trying to build a relationship and almost like a slughorn style collecting Lockhart, uh, collecting Harry yeah. to be like somehow helping his PR. Yeah. I feel like it's extremely manipulative. Oh, Harry Potter, you know, so manipulative and it's kind of like he, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Lockhart is, um, I wrote a lot about Lockhart. So from Wizarding World, there is writing by J.K. Rowling. Um, we asked before, you asked before, what house he was sorted into. Mm. And uh, one of our viewers, Beetle D. Bard, uh, commented, he's in Ravenclaw house. Uh, uh -huh. So Lockhart was sorted into Ravenclaw, soon achieving good marks in his schoolwork, but there was always a kink in his nature that made him increasingly unsatisfied. If he was not first and best, he would rather not participate at all. Increasingly, he directed his talents towards shortcuts and dodges. He valued learning not for its own sake, but for the attention it brought him. He craved prizes and rewards. He lobbied the headmaster to start a school newsletter because he liked nothing better than to see his name and photograph in print. So it's kind of interesting because like, I'm reading this and I'm like, this dude's super ambitious, like Slytherin style, cunning, whatever. Yeah. But it's like super interesting because... Slytherin it's, rising for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting because, again, like going back to present day with social media and the way that that is... Those dynamics exist within social media. Um, sometimes like it's this ever... Um, lasting grind of trying to be the best, be the best, be the best, be the best, uh, because you have constantly metrics and data and analytics always in your face. Even if you don't have necessarily a following of people, it's just you and your private account, you can access your analytics. You can see like how many people like your things, how many people comment, or uh, when people view things. And it's, it's, it's really ridiculous mm -hmm. how much of that is part of um, I mean, it's kind of, I'm reading this, a lot of stuff, academic stuff about like technology and like actual debates I have in my classes that I teach of like, what is it? It's not good enough or satisfying to just say like, oh, tech, digital technology is good or it's bad or social media is toxic, like flat, uh, very definitive statements. That's not interesting. The more interesting piece is the nuanced conversations about like, well, what is it that we're doing with it and how is it 
collectively or culturally that we're having conversations about what how we exist in these spaces like yeah uh things were you cut you could imagine things were simpler or people could have more face-to-face conversations prior to the internet but people were still terrible to each other (laughs) you know we still had these muggle problems that existed and this is just another tool that facilitates that and in a lot of the stuff I'm reading, it also transforms, it shapes how we act and interact. It's, so it's not mm-hmm. as simple as like you enter technology into a society and then it does these things. It also shapes like how we think, how we like calculate in our, the ways that we interact. PR. So it's like really fascinating. <laughs> PR. Yeah. Yes. My favorite quote was, and this is Lockhart speaking, and five time winner of Which Weekly's Most Charming <laughs> Smile Award. But I don't talk about that. I didn't get rid of the Bandon Banshee by smiling at her. He waited for them to laugh. A few people smiled weakly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because he mentions that multiple Twice, times. Yeah, this, yeah. Well, yeah. I just to go back for one second. Yeah. I think it's actually really useful to recognize that he's a Ravenclaw in order to expand on the conversation about Slytherins. Because mm. actually do we also find out in our research? I think that Umbridge was not Slytherin. No, right? she was. Raven. She, she was, was Slytherin. Slytherin. Yes. Uh, well, regardless. Yeah, Quirrell uh, and uh, so far Quirrell and Lockhart Quirrell are Ravenclaw. Too. Okay. It's really useful to see when we get to it. When we really get down to it, like Lockhart is one of the most evil characters mm. in the whole series. I mean, the way. It's so sinister. It's so dark what he does. And he does it and he takes it so lightly. Yeah. That like it's all this part of this PR game. I mean, it's definitely uh to me it's useful to recognize like it's not a Slytherin. So like you gotta be careful with your biases yeah. against Slytherins and yeah. like your kind of non biases against like non Slytherins. Mm-hmm. Um but also just like recognizing not all people who are evil choose to be evil in the same way or or enact that the darkness, the dark parts of themselves in the same way that it's -hmm. it's like he's not overt. I mean, he is kind of like Lucius, I guess in some ways, like Lucius has a PR firm himself (laughs) of like, being yeah. able to cover up for past deeds and saying he was imperious and all this stuff and mm. and uh, how he can get away with that and how Lockhart can get away with all this. I mean, lit- like, Albus Dumbledore hired Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. he would. I don't believe he would have hired him if he knew exactly how dangerous Lockhart actually was. Like, maybe he thought it was just fictions. I think that this will be an important part of the conversation on Lockhart is that people like Ron, for instance, might just think he's lying, but it's darker than that when we get to it. Yeah, I mean, so um, I didn't include all the excerpts from this Wizarding World article, but um, even his teachers at Hogwarts were annoyed with him, with Lockhart. Mm. So they, like, saw through his stuff and... um, Do we know? Oh, sorry. Unknown. You're asking me questions that I did not. No, uh, I was just curious. Get the if details it, if on. It had list. Um, but 
Okay, I mean, we'll get to it in the book of Dumbledore's explanation for why he <laughs> hired uh, Lockhart. But I, so one thing that I really dislike about the whole Lockhart situation in this book is how it seems that all the women and girls are just like in love with him. And from right here, like the only two people that I've seen super critical are Harry and Ron because we're viewing this from Harry's perspective. And like he we has also got Sprout being annoyed. Yeah, she, she uh, yeah. It, yeah, it is different because she's like she's a school teacher. I mean, yeah, she's the teacher. It's not like, you know, all the moms and like uh, Hermione Granger, who is like a brilliant witch. Like, I can't buy that. She like can't see through something that to me not I mean maybe not necessarily like oh he's a fraud but at least can't you see how self-absorbed this man is like he just cares about himself and like for someone like Hermione who in my opinion like we've seen like she's highly sensitive like yeah she's yeah. like very brilliant and, and in incredibly her studies, shrewd but, too right like she would see through something like that yeah like I don't quickly. yeah so that's that's like one issue I, I think have with it I I suspect that the it might have even played out differently if some of the interaction was with Harry instead of Ron. Like there's a relationship between Ron and Hermione that is tricky where like Hermione, I think in this moment at least feels defensive. Like I I feel like she mm-hmm. already through this class, she has already recognized that Lockhart is a fraud, obviously, but she is like protecting herself because like ron saw the hearts or whatever around lockhart's name and like needled her for it and she like got embarrassed and pulled away her schedule from him and then like ron is the one that's like yeah he's lying or whatever yeah but i i don't know i feel like so my quote was the last exchange where harry's like hermione he didn't have a clue what he was doing Mm -hmm. she says rubbish you've read his books look at all those amazing things he's done like she the closest friends that she has at Hogwarts like I would expect her to at least reveal something to them Mm. like there's no reason for her I mean maybe because of Ron like that's a good point but um I uh I don't know like that whole exchange just made me think about that and then in general like again I everyone knows now at this point I hate Lockhart but uh, in the wise words of Kendrick Lamar, sit down, be humble. Like, ju- even if it were true that he, that Lockhart has done all these things, mm-hmm. has had all of these adventures and was able to do all these things, like, do you need to brag about it? Do mm-hmm. you need to broadcast to the world how wonderful you are? Like, this is to me, like, this is very personal to me of like how I feel about, um, contributing to the world to a society and so thinking about and it's very complicated because of course you would want to or people would want to feel recognized for things that they do otherwise it kind of feels like people are taking advantage of you like that might be one dynamic but like our entire society we have so many awards and accolades and we're competing against each other and having things of like the best of the best and like Mm -hmm lists like 30 under 30 or like all sorts of things where these structures or these awards or these ways that we interact are meant to literally put people on top of other people like to communicate some message it's not it's not necessarily like explicitly in the award but it's implied like look how great this person is or whatever and I the older I get the more that I'm just kind of like over it like I, I'm not impressed I'm just kind of like just do good things um, and 
I don't know, sit down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of like why he bothers me so much. Oh my gosh, I feel yeah, like we've been can be talking about it forever. It can be contrasted pretty heavily with Dumbledore in that mm. way, where Dumbledore is almost secretive yeah. about the the events that like that he's done. I, mm. I think it'll be interesting as the Fantastic Beasts keep rolling out to maybe see more of like Dumbledore's relationship with the wider wizarding world. Yeah. And like, how do they know how powerful he is already? Right? They're like already seeking him out, but he hasn't had his duel with Grindelwald yet. So is it all reputation from his Hogwarts learning, like becoming mm. a professor? Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting well, that way. We do know from the chocolate the frog card that he worked stuff. with Flamel and created the Philosopher's Stone. And like at that no, point, No, I right? don't think so. No, no, no. On the chocolate Flamel frog had already made the Philosopher's oh. Stone long before Dumbledore was alive. Oh, he, I thought they, that was they in did the, the, the They did the, um, the dragon, 12 uses of dragons. No, stuff Dumbledore did. With, with Flamel, I think. Or, mm-hmm. or something like no. that. Yeah. But, but it wasn't the Philosopher's Stone. I remember it being something like at least working with him. So Dumbledore yeah, yeah. is um, part of the Order of Merlin First Class, which is right. awarded for acts of outstanding yeah, bravery or distinction in magic. Because Lockhart is third class? He's third was... class. Second class is awarded for achievement or endeavor beyond the ordinary, which when I looked through wiki entries, mm. the only known person that we have, or at least on this wiki entry, is... Mr. Newt's commander for Second his class? work with Fantastic Beast. And uh, third class is given to those who have made a contribution to our store of knowledge or entertainment, which <laughs> he probably got it for like knowledge, but like for sure yeah. entertainment, like yeah. fine. <laughs> but yeah, the Order of Merlin is um, an award that has been given out since the 15th century commemorating Merlin, of course, himself. And the first order award, so all of the awards are gold, but there's like different ribbon. And so the first order, or first class is a green ribbon as a nod to his Slytherin class, uh, purple ribbon for second class, and white ribbon for third class. That's also from Wizarding World writing. Here's a turn. That's amazing, by the way. I noticed that he was third class, but yeah. I didn't actually think about looking up whether they were actually well-defined or if it was just like mm. a ranking or something. Mm-hmm. Um, can we... I would love to hear your thoughts actually on just from like a funny you're a teacher perspective, <laughs> uh, Lockhart releasing the Pixies. <laughs> that is an... It, I've always had this dilemma of like there's an uncontrolled nature to it mm-hmm. and it's somewhat destructive of the broom, but there's a place for that type of pedagogy Yeah, that I actually think like JK Rowling isn't really nodding to here, which yeah. is like a problem solving, figure it out type thing. Uh-huh. And I would agree with you, except Lockhart's not an educator. Yeah. No, I know. But <laughs> yeah, I just clearly, think it's interesting. Like, he's, he's literally just... Okay, so in my opinion, the way Lockhart is portrayed is um, a lot of stereotypical negative perceptions of what teachers do. Of like, right. you just kind of go into a classroom, you just wing it, and you throw people in situations, you like talk at them, whatever. No care or attention or thoughtfulness, which is the entire opposite of like 
what I teach and like teacher educate and other teacher educators teach in programs of trying to think about interactions between humans and like instructional design and like I don't know sorts of activities that you would that would warrant people interacting in a classroom together this is exactly my thinking exactly mm. what and I think that that's oh what really I just useful said. <laughs> yeah because yeah. In other circumstances, and I think we'll see this with Professor Lupin, there are certain pedagogical things that Lockhart could have done mm -hmm. to make releasing pixies just like day one activity, released pixies, like figure it out, mm -hmm. actually quite an impressive learning experience. But but the casual way with which he does it, the sort of thoughtless way that yeah. he does this, like what's your it, plan, it's really dude? interesting because <laughs> I agree. It's like this, he... It's very interesting to me that like as a teacher, as teacher educators, like thinking about it's not just the idea of releasing pixies that is just blanket bad. It's mm -hmm. that Lockhart is doing it with like no structure, no sort of scaffolding of like what's going on. They didn't learn a spell beforehand that might be effective. Mm -hmm. They took a 30 minute quiz on Lockhart. <laughs> yeah. Right? So. So That's where it's just the interesting assessment to, does not align with right. the activity. Because then like yeah. Lupin will come along and they'll do the bog art cabinet, but they learn the spell, right? Like yeah. there's this simple tweak to a, a structure of a classroom that like yeah. really can make or break. And so the thing, well, I haven't gotten into it this semester, but I do lesson planning. And so the thing is like not necessarily that you create some sort of like airtight, foolproof lesson plan because that's not how the real world works like you can't control humans like that's that's like the fundamental thing of like if you learn anything from me it's you can't control humans yeah. don't try yeah so what is it that you can provide as someone who's like facilitating a classroom experience and so like yeah you can there needs to be both like you need to think carefully about what it is that you're gonna do and you need to be able to adapt or improv or whatever, mm -hmm. like react to what is happening. And like that was not would, that was clearly would not you there. Say it's almost like dungeon mastering for D and D. <laughs> probably, I've I never dungeon mastered, but in my dissertation, uh, then you would probably say epilogue, so, right? Yeah, of like talking about <laughs> talking about how dungeon mastering is, in a lot of ways, a balance between you have to be able to improv. Yeah. And you also have to be able to plan. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to weave those two things together. Mm -hmm. Now, my strength would be improv over planning. Takes a lot more time. Mm -hmm. so, but it's very interesting to me. Like, that is what teaching is like. Yeah. Like, you have goals. You have known methods of how to achieve those goals. Yeah. They're not going to work 100% of the time for 100% of the people. Right. So you have to react. You know, how are you going to tailor what you're doing to yeah. who is in the room because they're not interchangeable right yeah this is what college teaching and especially college math i think suffers from the most mm. but mm -hmm. that i was just curious what but you, even what contrast to, to like the so thinking about like instructional design at hogwarts we, we i mean we don't we haven't really seen much of like what happens in classrooms we mm -hmm. see like little flashes and glimpses but even in this chapter we have sprout with the mandrakes and like Oh, what do we find out about mandrakes? Oh, like if you hear their scream, it's deadly. Might kill you. <laughs> yeah. um, so there is that point. But then the other point, there is this cute little nod. Well, I don't know if it's cute, but like a nod to um, the venomous tentacula. Yeah. And she said, be careful of it because it's teething. And like, 
I just did the McGonagall video. Her husband died from a venomous tentacula bite. What? And so it, it just made me laugh. Uh, no, this was, uh, what's his name? No, Elphinstone, the, the guy she okay. eventually okay. ended up marrying, but then he died. Right. Well, I mean, first Dougal oh. died and then he died yeah. from the bite. And then it, she was just like, all right, I'm just going to be a teacher at Hogwarts mm. and just throw myself into well, the we work. We also see a bit of McGonagall's class too with the Beatles oh, right, and buttons. Right, and I, right, That's also interesting. I agree. We don't get a... And probably rightfully so, though I could see a spinoff of like, <laughs> you know, a class where you're the teacher or whatever, mm-hmm. following the teacher and what they do in Hogwarts. Yeah. But like her, I've always, yeah, her and Flitwick tend to have similar types of lessons when we see them. It's like mm-hmm. students practicing a certain technique, yeah. but it's not, it's not abstracted in the way that like umbrage will do it later where it's like no wands you just think about it right you just like think about it you you have to actually like do something yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh speaking of the baby mandrakes so this is another real thing Mandragor. <laughs> yeah um so we we hear from her hermione just knows everything she's <laughs> at the end of this chapter she has earned at least because we don't know what else she did during the day but at least 30 points for I know, I left <laughs> there's point bloat here in year two she's in earning 10 points and it's like what <laughs> oh my gosh so mandrakes are uh used to return people who have been transfigured or cursed to their original state like the state of being and so i wrote in my notes you should use the mandrake on the slytherin girl at wizards unite where she's turning into a <laughs> ferret <laughs> but also irl and um, in real life mandrakes uh are hallucinogenic and also um can be uh used for anesthetic uh, purposes mm. so because it's a narcotic right. <laughs> and um the roots themselves often resemble human faces so like because it's a hallucinogenic and like the roots kind of look like a face um it's often tied to like magical practices sure, or like superstitious sure, sure. things and um has been used in the past to relieve rheumatic pains uh what else oh uh in the past, mandrakes were made into amulets, were, which were to believe to bring good fortune. Um, however, one of the superstitions is that uh, that when you a person who pulls it up would be condemned to hell. So the saying or like the thing to get around it was people would tie animals like a dog or something, like some sort of animal to the root run off and make the animal chase after it so that the animal would pull out the root like i mean okay. so sometimes i'm like okay. humans are like so cool and then i read stuff like this think about and i'm like humans are so dumb come on what are we doing now that people in 300 years are gonna yeah, be like are exactly. you joking like, me why did you do this <laughs> why did you have your dog pull up your mandrake because <laughs> you thought you'd be cursed yeah no oh my goodness yeah yeah, there were uh, several moments. <laughs> oh yeah, because going back to Lockhart when he you're, you mentioned like the him talking to Harry and he's like, oh, um, I'm gonna read this full thing because I wrote it down. A few people have heard of you, haven't they? All that business with he who must not be named. I know, I know. It's not quite as good as winning Witch Weekly's Most Charming Smile Award five times in a row as Ugh. I have. But it's a start, Harry. It's a start. And I just wrote in my notes, like, adults are so strange. Like, that's all that is crossing my mind. Like, 
Harry is, and again, like Harry is just such, so normal. Like if we're taking like our perspective taking as normal, like the lens through which we see the world as normal. And then we have this Lockhart dude that's just like, oh, you defeated Voldemort? Cool. I smiled a bunch of times and got some award in a magazine. (laughs) Yeah. It's just. Lockhart is a lot to handle. Too much. Too much. Oh, going back to the beginning, though. uh, So we didn't talk about the Howler. Mm. (laughs) So um, Neville, we get reintroduced to all the characters again. So Neville, um, I don't remember this from the first book, but the way that he's described is that he was a round-faced and accident-prone boy with the worst memory of anyone Harry had ever (laughs) met, which will... I mean, I guess, like, ties back to the remember all, but, like, I guess I didn't really... forgetting the password. Oh, yeah. I don't think that I would describe Neville, like, that way, but accident-prone, probably. (laughs) And so Neville says, males do any minute. I think Grant's sending me a few things I forgot. And I was like, dude, why didn't the Weasleys just send the broomstick, the diary, and the... Actually, it was fireworks. Yeah, and that that was my next thought. It was like, Mm. oh, I wonder how expensive it is to like mail packages. Yeah. (laughs) Amazon. (laughs) And their poor Al on the last limb. Oh, little Bring in the howler, which poor Ron got totally embarrassed. That's part of why I was thinking about PR because there's Mm. a lot of things happening that aren't what they seem, but people from the outside are watching it. And mm. like Justin Finch Fletchley is introduced mm. in this chapter and all that yeah. sort of stuff. We are I don't introduced. Know if I remembered his name exactly. Yes, but. yes. We are introduced to two Muggle-born students, Colin, which I think is interesting because our next chapter is it the next chapter that's Mudblood? I'm not sure. Okay, I didn't so look. we are getting into. We have had hints throughout the chapters. There's stuff with blood that is in the Wizarding world, and it's going to become very important in this story. Uh, but we have two Muggle-born wizards, Justin Finch Fletchley, like you m- mentioned. Um, he, so his only quote, and I don't really remember this. Like, I know who he is, but I don't remember this, like, exchange that clearly. But he says, my name was down for Eden, you know, and says that his mother was slightly disappointed when he decided to go to Hogwarts. I think she's begun to see how useful it'll be to have a fully trained wizard in the family. So here I'm reading this and yeah, I'm like, doesn't Wait, she what? think that because he showed her Lockhart's books? Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he's a muggle-born wizard. And from the stuff I could find on him online, it's speculated that he might be from an upper class family because sure, Eden, is Eden is a famous. It, yeah, it's famous. Yeah. It's uh, this school, all boys school that uh, apparently have famous alumni like members of the royal family and prime ministers of britain so like it's it's one of those like namey things Mm -hmm. um and also apparently like double barreled surnames had had i don't think they do as much anymore but have some sort of connotation of like wealth for some reason i don't know um but i found that interesting and then colin creevy which oh my gosh i actually so when i was doing i know who he is and I knew that I was going to be sad when I looked up his like entries online, but uh, we'll get to that way later. Uh, but he's just so sweet. He's I so we meet him. His dad's a milkman. He's a uh, Muggle-born, and he's taking photographs everywhere. He's just like photographing everything. He's just so pure and excited, and just like wants to send photos back to his dad. And it's mm-hmm. just so sweet. Just mm-hmm. so sweet. Mm-hmm. No, it really is. Yeah. It's amazing to me, like, how she can write somebody like Colin Creevely 
creepy as well because he is so sweet, but he also like kind of annoys Harry. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's this funny balance to it all, you know. <laughs> it really is like it's like oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is like he's kind of uh, setting off Harry on like one of the right. things that he doesn't like, and, which is and then Lockhart. Is yeah, and then Lockhart just builds off of it. Damn it, Lockhart! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? My goodness. Yeah. Hermione aces the quiz. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I think uh, Super Carlin Brothers did one of the their like regular Pottermore quizzes, and uh, the. Th- thumbnail was like what is his favorite color like referring to Lockhart <laughs> and I always think that it's like turquoise or like some sort of blue but it's not it's um I didn't even pay it's attention. like lilac or something it was like a purplish color didn't commit it to memory never will yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean of course Hermione would get every single one right not necessarily That's... because she's like obsessed with him but because she's Hermione like yeah, she has re- she was reading the voyages yeah voyages with vampires at breakfast like there are seven books. Mm-hmm. You guarantee that Hermione, Miss mm-hmm. Hermione Granger, was reading them before mm-hmm. school started. <laughs> A one hundred percent, yes. Mm-hmm. And then one last thing that I wrote down was. Um, a oh, Ron patched up his wand with spello tape. Yes. Where spello tape is actually a play on a an actual brand called cello tape which is apparently popular in the uk for any of our i've heard of it UK- oh you have yes, i have I not have. okay um yeah so leading a leading brand in the uk generally used for joining sealing attaching and mending which makes sense um and it's used generically kind of commonly in the united states we talk about scotch tape it's used commonly as a household name but i was also like dudes like everyone so mcgonagall's getting annoyed at ron for like you know blowing smoke or like not being able to use his wand it's like fix his wand if you're so mad about it like come on people and poor harry he's like trying to offer a solution and ron's just like oh i don't want to like say like my my wand's broken and get another howler and it's just Poor Ron. This is like Ron. I I, don't, I just I can't even start Classic with Ron. Classic Ron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just gonna deal with that. It's like me. That's such a me thing to do. It's yeah, like, I'll just, no, like, I can't. Tape it up. I don't want to deal with this bit. Like at yeah. its core, I'll just like try to self save it, even though I know I can't. It's broken. Yeah. Yep. It's like smoking and stuff. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a crazy chapter. My God, yeah. so much happens. First mm-hmm. day of school, you know? Yep, first day of school. All that madness. My goodness. Malfoy. We didn't even talk about Malfoy being Oh, himself. yeah. I, I skipped over that. I mean, I didn't write it down in my notes because I was just like, Enough, I roll Malfoy. again. Yeah, we're going to be again. seeing a lot of him pretty soon anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? No, that's all that I have. Yeah. That was a lot. So was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Wants ready. ready.